I'm Marcus Smith, and this is Constant Wonder. This month of December on Constant Wonder, we've been on a journey called Advent. Our podcast's Advent calendar has been a series of daily episodes beginning on the 1st and leading all the way forward to the 25th. We've been welcoming special guests who have been sharing with us the wonder and the awe that are central to the spirit of this season. It's our way of spreading not only good cheer, but also peace, goodwill, and, of course, awe before all creation. It's December 23rd. There is this rupturing of two beings, right? This child that had been safely housed, homed within its mother womb, coming into the world. And for both mother and child, that is a life-changing, life-altering event. Hannah Anderson, author of Heaven and Nature Sing, 25 Advent Reflections to Bring Joy to the World. I will confess that in my experience of this story of the birth of the Christ child, it's often sanitized in a way that every mother knows that's not what childbirth is like. <laughs> if you, you know, you see a crush or um, you see a, a performance of the nativity, it's, it's all very sentimental and, um, dare I say, easy and clean. But if you've been through birth, you know that it's it's not quite that way, right? It is, I don't want to use the word traumatic, but it's dramatic. And of course, it's a joyful time. It's a joyful time for a child to come into the world. And I think sometimes our joy and delight at finally being able to see um, this child that had been growing in secret for nine months. Our joy and delight at that sometimes minimizes what was actually happening. The child being ushered from a very stable, dark, quiet, warm place into this world that's full of light and sensation and noise and being taken from the mother in this way. I think about that. That's what I think about when I hear that the Christ child is born. I think that the text of Scripture says something like, when it was time, she gave birth right? It's just so simple. It's so matter of fact. But what's embedded in that is really a very miraculous and also um, dramatic event. I don't know how risky it is to say there's practically a violence to it. I think we would not want to say that, but I think it's true. And throughout history, I think we've understood that more instinctually. Women have definitely understood giving birth as a dangerous act. Um, When we think about infant maternal mortality rates throughout history, those of us who give birth in the Western world, we live in a time where we're generally safe when we approach birth. But throughout history, nothing was a given. And so there is a shadow of violence to it. And there's also a very particular care that needs to happen because of it. There's a care that needs to be given 
to the mother. There's a care that needs to be given to the child, that the child has come through that event. And so when we're reading in the text of scripture as well, we have this statement that she gave birth. But very soon after that, we're given the information that Mary wraps the Christ child in swaddling clothes or swaddling bands. And it would be really easy to think of that as just putting clothes on a naked infant, right? But there's something else happening here where the swaddling bands were actually very tightly wrapped strips of cloth that would bind the baby. And in the ancient Near Eastern world, in the practice of that time, the baby would be washed and rubbed with salt and then wrapped very, very, very tightly. Now, as adults, we might find that constraining. We wouldn't want to be tied down in the thought that we would be wrapped tightly where we couldn't move. Um, Sounds a little terrifying. But for a child who is just coming from the womb into this world where their arms and legs are now flailing, this was actually an act of kindness and mercy. To wrap them tightly in the way that they had been experiencing their life for nine months As well, um, we know physiologically that that kind of deep pressure that would be put on a body would initiate a parasympathetic response and begin to calm the child. And I think we do this today, maybe not with strips of cloth, but we talk about swaddling blankets. And if an infant is inconsolable, One of the first things you try is to lay it on a bed and wrap it tightly in a receiving blanket um, and hold it close to, to remind it physically that it is safe. None of us remember our first days of life, obviously, but just thinking about it here for a moment, it it sure seems counterintuitive, uh, particularly from the perspective of a grown-up. So yeah, swaddling. Binding. Uh, What's in all of this for us adults, uh, those of us who relish every freedom we think we've earned or need or is healthy? I think we have these competing realities that we live in. We live in a time of great social freedom, right, as individuals, where there's this limitlessness. And the universe feels limitless as well. There is this largeness to it. But when we're honest with ourselves, I think that largeness and limitlessness can feel as overwhelming as a child coming into a world that feels limitless after the confines of the womb. And so in some ways, I'm learning that the kind of things that bind me, right, the things that limit me, that I'm bound to, whether it's family or community, the things that could feel restrictive are actually things that hold us safe, that hold us in place and calm us. And so even though we can feel very small in this very large world, there are things that hold us close. I only have so much time in a week and I give it to the people and the communities and the places where I am. And that can feel frustrating 
because you want to do all of these other things that you can see. You know, we live in a very digital age and we can see all the things we're missing out on, right? We have this fear of missing out. But when it comes down to it, we're limited and bound by time and space and relationship. But I'm also very aware that if I live that life and I fulfill those responsibilities within that space, that I'm doing what I'm called to do, that I'm not missing out, that those limits bring a comfort to them as well. And embracing, these are my people, this is my place, this is my week, this is my schedule, this is my time. And moving through that, I know where I'm supposed to be. I find myself in space, so to speak, and I find my place. Thanks for joining us today on Constant Wonder for our 23rd day marking Advent. Our guest was Hannah Anderson. She's author of Heaven and Nature Sing, 25 Advent Reflections to Bring Joy to the World. Tenery Taylor produced this episode with help from Mamie Teeples and Brian Barba. Sound designed by James Call. All previous days heard on our audio advent calendar are available at byuradio.org, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join us tomorrow for our penultimate advent episode. It centers on a fierce white ermine encountered on a snowy Christmas morning and what that critter taught our guest about forgiveness. In that moment, I realized how much I still loved my mother and how much I missed her and completely forgave everything that had come between us. I'm Marcus Smith. Constant Wonder is a production of BYU Radio.